Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt and... Tevin Pittman. Andy Brandt Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on first? And Cassie Schrader. Tom is delayed on a VIP call. You know how it is. So hard to be a celebrity in America today. <laughs> Life is hard. And we'll be back after these messages. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda, encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. All right. We're back, we're back. Yes. So, I have a Tom Bernard story for everybody. Ooh, I like these. (laughs) So, Alex stays over at the house because Dan needed to do things in the house and you know how it is with a three-year-old and a one and a half year old you can't do anything right because they're constantly getting into stuff so fawn is three three and a half and she's you know got her emotions are let's just say subject to change at a moment's notice i don't know if anybody's been around a three and a half year old lately but they're (laughs) they're they pretty much are a little bit bipolar It, it doesn't stop Oh, it, please. It continues. It continues. I'm dealing with teenage girls. Oh, it teenage just... girls, yeah. But at least you can take stuff away from a teenage girl. You can say, like, you're not driving the car until you stop acting like <laughs> this. Or mm-hmm. you can say, no cell phone. Right. You know, toddler is like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No food. No food, yeah. <laughs> no food and go to bed. They're like, fine. I don't care. And you're going to feed them anyway because they're even crabbier when they're hungry. So Fawn is going from gleefully playing with Bop Bop. At laughing and having, what are they talking about? They're talking about turd buckets. Gonna wear a turd bucket. She's like, Andy has to wear a turd bucket to his wedding. (laughs) Something about, yeah. (laughs) I mean, so they're. That whole topic, just all, like the words alone. Oh, yeah. They don't have to mean anything. Yes. Well, and dad feeds into the whole potty humor thing so much. It's like they talk about farts and turds and oh, that's just hilarious. And I'm like, really? Do we have to? And anyway, so Fawn's laughing gleefully, and then all of a sudden she she does this. She just turns yep. like a switch, mm-hmm. and Dr. she gets Jekyll this. She gets Hyde. this evil look on her face. I'm like, you could patent this for a horror movie. It's like terrifying. <laughs> What's in that little brain right now? Right. And she gets mad about something, and he doesn't handle it well when she gets mad at him. Um, so I think she I think she hit him or something. Mm-hmm. Which she's been hitting for a while. Yeah, I'm like I don't 
I don't put up with it, but she got him this time. And I know when it's coming. When I see that look on her face, I'm like, I put her down and I walk away. It's like, just get away. Everybody run. Everybody run. Yeah, it's like, you know, the teenage hormonal thing. You see the boy come in with the look on his face. Just everybody run. Or the girl. Mm -hmm. Whatever. So anyway, so we were all going to go out to dinner. And... Tom then refuses to go to dinner because he was hit by a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> His no. ego was bruised. Will not put up with this abuse. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you said, you know what? Dinner's off. He says, I'm, I'm no, he says, you all go to dinner. I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to go to dinner with somebody that hits me. I'm like, she's three. I don't care. I'm not going to, no one's ever treated me like this and I'm not going to allow it. And I'm like, you could deal with that and not, you know, act like a baby yourself. So then Alex is running around. She's got Sage in the car and she's, and Sage was, He's usually really a fun little guy. I mean, he's active and stuff, but he was making life a pretty big misery this day. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was, he was clingy days. and whiny and just really having, having a day. So Alex comes in and she says, what's going on? I'm like, dad's refusing to go to dinner because Fawn hit him. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, yeah. She says, well, then we're just going to go home then. I'm like, okay, so I have a bag of people with, you know, highly emotional people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and what and I'm like, what? I don't even know what to do with these people at this point. (laughs) I don't even know who to talk to. Who could be a rational? Who's the adult? Is there any are there any adults? It, I mean, it doesn't sound like it. Sounds like it sounds like Fawn just single handedly ruined dinner for everybody. Everybody. Okay, (laughs) so then. Alex calms down after, so she's stomping around. She's getting ready to leave. I'm like, whatever. At this point, I don't even give a shit. <laughs> everybody's having cereal. Yeah, that's everybody's enough. acting like a child. Right, so right. You know I'm, I'm not going to dinner either. Yeah, We're exactly. All mad now. Yeah, exactly. So, so all of a sudden, Alex calms down and she talks to to uh, Fawn. Says, you know, you really hurt Bop Bop's feelings. You need to go apologize to him and. Um, and then we'll either go or go out to dinner. <laughs> fine. I hear fine. No, I can't talk to him. He's mad at me right now. <laughs> and she sa- he says, yes, because you hit him. So all of a sudden she goes over. Bop, bop. I'm sorry I was crabby to you and hit you. Can we please go to dinner? He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets up and we're, I'm like, are we, what's happening so we are going, okay. So we're walking out, and all of a sudden Fawn, because she's three and a half, says, I don't think you two should come to dinner. Oh. I think we'll go out to dinner. You stay here. Because she was just parroting what he just said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what she does. She's yeah. three and a half. And so Tom's like, all right, I'm not going to go. <laughs> oh, I am like, I, I don't know if I should slap people. <laughs> Go stay in a hotel? Yeah. I don't even know what to do at this point. Everybody needs a little Prozac? What's, That's a what's, very emotional household that you live it's in. It's uh, unbelievable. I totally would have popped a bag of popcorn and just sat on the couch and watched everybody lose their mm-hmm. minds. <laughs> no, that doesn't work either because then they try to drag you into it because it's like they all look to me to mm-hmm. sort everything out. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm mm-hmm. not the liaison officer between all of you no. psychos. Like you guys stay here. I'm gonna go to dinner by myself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's where we'll be. I'll be driving to Duluth and back. <laughs> and hopefully, you'll all be gone by the time I get home. So yeah, so that's like my weekend. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, so that's. T- I don't even know how, what do you. Okay, so you have a three and a half year old who is a. I mean, I don't want to call him out, but they allow her to hit a bit, mm-hmm. like when she's really raging. Mm-hmm. They allow her to hit, and I don't think that's okay. Well, if one thing that we're, you know, if she has those, you know, because when they're growing, they have these bursts of emotions, and they don't know how to handle their emotions at three. No. So usually what I used to tell, like, my I have, my youngest is the most troubling. He's the most dramatic. I call him my drama queen. Like yes. Everything is Fawn just, is definitely a drama queen. I would queen. have him go scream in a pillow. 
I'm like, if you're mad, you go scream in a pillow, and then you come talk to me when you're more rational and calm down. Oh, so you have a compliant rager. What if you have a (laughs) non-compliant rager? I would put put him in his room and say, you're not coming out until you calm down. Yeah. So I tell him, if you need to go scream into a pillow, go scream into a pillow. Now, when he's acting up, what I like to do is I whip out my phone and I start recording him when he's acting like that. And I said, I'm sending this to Santa. Oh, <laughs> oh, blackmail. <Wow. laughs> Works that's, like that's a really charm. Good. <laughs> he does not want to disappoint Santa. That's the new version <laughs> of I'm telling right. Jesus. Yeah, that's how to parent in 2019. <laughs> Record your well, kids. Wait, especially like he, it, it never <sighs> fails. Every day when I pick the boys up from school, as soon as they get, he gets in the car, there's fighting. Mm-hmm. And I can't really do anything because I'm driving. Oh, yeah. Alex and I fought pretty much every so time we got in the car. I'm like, oh, okay, I remember I'm crying going oh. down the highway. Just <laughs> crying. I don't even remember why. It's just, I don't know. Uh, just how kids are. Because yeah. you had the opportunity mm, to just. So. He's breathing on me. <laughs> oh, my God. He's, he's looking at me. She's touching me. Yep. And I'm like, oh, jeez. <clears throat> Yep. You know, my mom used to threaten, like, I'll pull this car over right now and like, I'll whoop all of you if we don't, if you guys don't behave. And, oh, like, I have like, pulled over the we'd, car. Like, yeah, we'd keep arguing, <laughs> keep spanked? arguing. Oh, yeah. And you she, did? Like, yeah, she would. I remember. So did I. Yeah. Really she used to or even a backhand across the head was always good. She used good. to tell us, uh, <laughs> go in, she'd be like, go in the kitchen and pick out a wooden spoon that you're going to get spanked uh-huh. with. And then we'd be like, here's this one. <laughs> Here's the, here's, here's the weapon of my destruction. <laughs> I picked the most flexible plastic yep. spoon ever. <laughs> See, I, I think I spanked you once. Yeah, you once, because you were like, I don't know, you were completely out of control. And I remember you actually came up and thanked me afterwards because you were like, I was completely hysterical. I needed somebody to do something. I had yeah. emotional problems when I was a kid. Well, most kids seem to, but... It, it's hard. It's hard I was to, especially just, I don't know. Yeah, you were very it, I don't know where that came from. It's hard to, to um, jeans. Mm-hmm. discipline right now. kids because each kid is different and they're going to react true. differently. Yeah. So, you know, like in our household, I have six school-age kids, and I have to treat each one differently when it comes to punishment or having a talking to or anything like that because they all react differently. Well, see, this was the thing that was going on. Yeah, when when Andy and Alex were little, Alex was, you just gave her a look and she would just cry and stop whatever yeah. she did. Mm-hmm. Whereas Andy would amp it up. Mm-hmm. Or you'd give him that look like, shut up, kid. And he'd be like, what? Yep. <laughs> and be louder. Right. You know, so, it, so to him, since he was almost always in trouble and he would amp it up, it looked like I was being nicer to Alex because I didn't mm-hmm. have to do as much to her to get her to stop whatever horrific <laughs> thing she was doing. Yeah. You know, so I got that you like her better than me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, the thing is, is that I don't get disciplinary letters from school. <laughs> She's never been kicked out mm-hmm. of preschool. <laughs> I just have to look at her and she stops. Um, what do you want me to do? Well, I know. Just be honest with your kids. I tell my kids that they're like, Oh, you baby Max and stuff like that. He's your favorite. I go, no, he's not my favorite. It's just he's the only one that will cuddle with me still. (laughs) You know, but like. like, He is the baby. Yeah, he is the baby. My middle son, Charlie, he was a perfect kid, perfect baby. I would just have to give him a look. Yeah. And he's like, oh, crap. Yeah. I'm in trouble. You know, or he'll if he does something wrong and he'll come up to me in tears and he'll tell me what he did wrong. Oh, I never had that. Yeah, he's like, Mom, <laughs> I did something really stupid. And you could just see him welling up with tears because he doesn't want to disappoint me. Oh. You know? Yeah. Um, I hear that's standard. I've never had a child like that. <laughs> he's my only one that's like that, so I have I never, I never told on myself to my mom. It was, uh, yeah, teachers, I will do detention for a week. Just don't tell my mom that I was acting up in class because she is not going to be happy. Oh, well, they always had to know. They had to tell the teacher. Oh, yeah. Parents. Oh, no, it never worked. It never worked. I could, I could bar so and bag you and... weren't an easy kid? I think I was a pretty easy kid for the most part. Like I was detention, not so much. Uh, I mean, I, I don't spend too much time in detention. Oh. I started like it was always like just being like a class clown that I would get in trouble for nothing. Oh, like, oh just over disruption the top. kind yeah. of stuff, being distracting, mm-hmm. Tevin. Yep. Yep. But see, now I've got the added um, dynamic of being the grandparent mm-hmm. to this child who's highly emotional, mm-hmm. and Alex likes to swoop in. 
when I'm trying to do a little one-on-one because like I'm going to have a different relationship with Fawn mm-hmm. than her mother is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what works for Alex isn't necessarily going to work for me because then if I try to do everything the way Alex does it, then it's going to be like you're trying to be my mom and that's not going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's got it's yeah, it's a different relationship it's yeah because i remember when i'd ha- ask my parents rarely to babysit the kids <laughs> and he was like i would tell him i'm like you know your grandfather is not going to put up with you doing anything mm-hmm. and he will spank the shit out of you <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay because it's going to be his house and his rules and yeah. i'm not and so you better keep you know track of that so <laughs> My dad says, yeah, so Andy comes in, you know, you dropped him off, we said goodbye, and Andy comes up to me and says, so I understand that you'll spank me if I do something <laughs> bad. And he says, yes, I will. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was, like, really good the rest of the whole weekend. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, so all I need to do is pound on my child and he'll behave? Is that the yeah, secret? Yeah. Some kids. I grew up in a household. Yeah, I grew up in a household where my parents lived with my dad's parents so oh, i had grandparents multi generational yeah and that was very that was a weird dynamic like and then when my grandpa passed away my grandmother she was like a parent to me she took care of me during the day like in the summer when my parents were working sure you know so i had a third parent so that was fun when go ask your dad go ask your grandma go ask your mom so i had that going on. i remember playing that game on my parents asking my mom i had three to play it with my mom would say i don't know no you can't go ask dad (laughs) dad would say yes go back to mom well dad said yes Uh he did it's like could you you know you're both in the same house maybe you should talk (laughs) but then i got my way because they just were too exhausted with all these games Mm. i was number five Mm -hmm. so my my favorite thing to do was if i knew like that my mom or dad would probably say no to me convince like my younger siblings like hey you want to come do this or we you want to be able to go do this so i know they'll say yes to you oh, you go ask oh, on my oh, behalf we've already played gonna, yeah we've already played that game because if fawn asks bop bop to do something we're mm-hmm. gonna go do it that's mm-hmm. no problem he'll yeah. go to the zoo Every he'll time. jump in the <laughs> corn pit at the <laughs> pumpkin patch it's like if we asked him to do the he would say no way but fine bop bop you want yes i'll do anything <laughs> You want a precious child. All right. Well, it's time to take a little break. And we'll come back with more antics of Tom yeah. while, while he's away. <laughs> Talk behind his back. <laughs> it's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome back to the Tom Bernard 
Oh, I don't think your mic's on. Oh. Uh oh. We're having some technical difficulties here on a Monday. Mm -hmm. right, yeah, so you got a case of the Mondays going on. Your cable's broken, that's why. Uh-oh. You must have broken it. No, it's... It was really not the whole <laughs> time. That's why it was crackling like that. Oh, I think it's on now. This is the inside. Yeah, this is <laughs> behind the scenes. What yep. happens? Welcome to the... <laughs> well, anywho. <laughs> I need a new cable. Last night, uh -oh. last night, there was breaking news. Rick Okasik from the Cars passed away. He was 75 years old. His, I don't know why they said his estranged wife. Was he... Strange? She might have been strange. <laughs> well, she's the one who found him unresponsive. Mm -hmm. 911 was called, and they, he was pronounced dead at the scene. So I'm like, a strange wife. Would she just, like, didn't Happy hear from it. him for a yeah. couple days and just, like, I'm going to go check on him? Or was she yeah, living there? That could there? be. Because you know, yeah, normally when you say, like, a strange, like, they're not talking, they're not together, they're yeah, completely like they're separate. Sure. But, but, yeah. yeah yeah, I mean, if I remember watching the the video. I used to watch VH1 and MTV all the time, and I remember mm -hmm. uh, seeing the cars. And he kind of creeped me out a little bit because he was so like skinny and kind of yeah. He had that look. To he's, him. Yeah, he's kind of a weird, scraggly looking dude. Yeah, but God, man, their on? music. Oh, yes, you are. Uh, yeah, their music was. I mean, they started in the mid '70s all the way into the '80s, and even I don't know if they had any hits in the '90s or not, but. Yeah, it's a sad, you know, we just lost Eddie Money last Friday. Now, Rick Akasic today, or last night. Yeah. And it's like, oh gosh, who's next? Although I did see a NASCAR driver, or some race car yeah. driver died today. Really? Yeah. Was it, was it like race related? Like there wasn't like an accident in some NASCAR I race? And... Like I, I saw the story and then it like disappeared. So apparently he wasn't... Uh, uh, yeah, too uh, important <laughs> or something. Say, Just a little news blip. I can, and there I you can go. name like five NASCAR drivers. Do like, you hear? The mics seem like they went out. Yeah, I don't know what the uh -oh. hell's going on. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to reset the tower, I think. Okay. There we go. How's that? All right. Oh, perfect. Uh -oh. That's, oh, there we go. Okay, well, here, here's a news story on Rick Akasic. Uh Rick Akasic, lead singer and rhythm guitarist of the pioneering new wave band, The Cars. It's just our headphones. It's registering it, on the board. Okay. okay. Yeah, see, yeah. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, was found dead in Manhattan apartment Sunday afternoon. Police said the 75-year-old was pronounced dead at the scene after relatives found him unresponsive. The cause of death is unclear, though police say there is no sign of foul play. Okasik formed the band in Boston in the mid-'70s with Benjamin Orr, who used to be the lead singer. But then okay. he had, I think he had developed a brain tumor or some type of cancer and wrote almost all their songs. He helped kickstart the new wave movement by pinning his disaffected vocals against a herky-jerky rhythm guitar, dense keyboards, and dance floor-ready beats. So, yep. So R.I.P. Rick Akasic, your music will live on. So that, that was probably the biggest news, I think, uh, over the weekend. God, news are, drives me crazy sometimes. Let's see. But, um, well, football news. Ben Roethlisberger. God, I cannot say his last name. It's Roethlisberger? One of, yes, Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tongue twister for me. Um, he is out for the season. He is having elbow surgery. Um, what ha Did he dislocate his elbow or what's I'm going on? I'm not sure. I didn't actually see the injury or anything like that. But, yeah, he is having surgery. I think they said today, in which there's just another saga for the Pittsburgh Steelers after going through Le'Veon Bell last year and then the Antonio Brown thing as well at the end of last year and trading him and now mm -hmm. Roethlisberger it's like can't catch a break for they looked so bad not this last Sunday but the first week one mm -hmm. oh they looked so bad they're so yeah. just disjointed not in sync with each other yeah, you know which I mean it makes a little bit of sense because their off season was all just the Antonio Brown drama of him tweeting at them and them having to answer questions about him and yeah you would like to see them kind of get their act together and, and move on but it's yeah, amazing we'll how one player can distract a whole team oh yeah you know I mean just look at the, the Raiders like that their whole off season and being on hard knocks was all him just in the cryo chamber 
with the frozen feet and then um, that helmet <laughs> issue. <laughs> like, We're a flip-flop, man. <laughs> you went into, oh, you went into this sub-zero tank barefoot? Like, yeah, that's why your feet are messed up. Of course that makes sense. And then, yeah, and then the helmet thing, which was dumb because it's like, he, I remember seeing like the quote when he finally got his helmet approved and he's like, I feel faster and agile now. And it's like, <laughs> I, play, I played football like I never once felt more agile because of the helmet I put on. Like, just give me the helmet and let's go play. Like, they used to like, say that about Nikes. Oh yeah. Well, at least like, <laughs> at least that, yeah. That, at least like that's shoes. Like, okay, that has something that's on your feet. Like, yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. But did he get like an aerodynamic helmet? Yeah, or I'm what? like, oh, what, yeah. What? How heavy was your the helmet they were trying to get you? Just to put use? some sails on that bad boy. <laughs> right. Yeah, come on. I, I think uh. that's just so weird. But we went through the same thing though with when Adrian Adrian Peterson was going through that child abuse oh yeah you know and that really destroyed the morale of the team that mm-hmm. season and you know then many seasons ago we had what what did they call that the oh, minnetonka the boat? love boat the, the love, love boat. boat oh my that's yeah <laughs> oh that yeah was that was bad. so embarrassing and yeah it, it it's amazing how like just one player can take down the whole mm-hmm. morale of the team and completely destroy the season yeah and it's and there's always like because normally if it's like a player that's not a great player Uh the team will like you you can discipline the player and you'll cut them or trade them and get rid of them and everybody's fine but then when it's like the adrian peterson thing it's like okay this is an all-time great player Mm -hmm. we can't like it's like oh we can't get rid of them like unless it's like the ray rice situation where it's on video and you have all of that then then yeah they tell him to go yeah somewhere else but you know, because I coach football, I coach my son's uh, seventh grade football team. I'm an assistant coach, and I, I keep trying to. Um, we, with Rosemount football, we always encourage the kids that this is a team sport. Mm-hmm. You all have to contribute. You all have to be good teammates to each other. Yeah. You know, don't get because I understand it gets frustrating, especially if you have a player that's not doing their best or not doing what they're supposed to do. Right. I said instead of getting mad at them or encourage them, help them out. And it seems like once they get into these, the, you know, NFL or pro status, they mm-hmm. they're all for themselves. Yeah, and like the biggest difference is like when you're in high school, and it's like most of the kids start doing like, oh, my friends are playing, and I like football, so I'm gonna play, and it's more of that camaraderie type of atmosphere. And then like once you get to college, then like at least when I got there, it was like you realize like, oh, now this is like a business. This is mm-hmm. there's people here that are making a ton of money. And then when you get to the NFL, it's just more so amplified. And now it's when the money gets involved, then it's the egos get they get there because we're making millions of dollars. Like I have a couple of friends that ended up getting drafted, and they would tell stories about how like guys in the locker rooms would roast each other because their signing bonus was bigger than guy X's signing bonus. And so when mm-hmm. all those egos get into one room, and you get one that thinks he's special, and it bring can bring the rest of the team down. Well, we were talking about Stefan Diggs over mm-hmm. the break, how he just whipped his helmet off. Yeah. He thought he said he was on the sideline. No, he wasn't. And yeah. it, it, you know, but see, he did the same thing at the, the end of the game when he had caught the Minnesota yeah. Miracle. Yep. But that, I don't think it counted against him because it was the end of the game. Yeah, it was, yeah, because it was the end of the game. So they just technically had to kick the extra point. But, uh-huh. You thought you were on the sidelines. You're really standing in the end zone. You I take know. your you take your helmet off. Like it's, I get it. And you see players that tweet like, "Oh well, nobody gets to see our faces." It's like it's not about that. Like if you can take your helmet off, and go celebrate on the sidelines. Like act like you've been there before. Yeah, you know, and it's just like you know, you need to check your ego in the locker mm-hmm. room because when you take that field, it's not just you. Yeah. You, you have a whole team, and he cost his team some points. Now, mm-hmm. if we would have lost that game by two points or one point, that would have been. All on digs. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's and it's tough too because it's like the he is such an emotional player, and that is what fuels him, and mm-hmm. is part of the reason that he's great. So you want him to be emotional, but you got to get up to the line of not costing your team, whether it's penalty yards or points, and then make sure you don't go over over that. Yeah, point. yeah, you can't you can't let that happen because man, I tell you, if like I said, if we would have lost that game by one or two points. He would have been catching some major, major heat I ac- today. I actually fell asleep during the game. Oh, you did? Two times. I thought it was so <laughs> ridiculous. Ugh. Oh, God. I, I was yelling. I I just gave up. I'm like, this is a horrible game. And for a moment, for a moment, I thought we were going to get oh, there. I, I thought we were going to come back. And then mm, yeah. like, you see, we start running Minnesota. the ball, running the ball. And you see <laughs> you see Cousins just throw this lame duck. I like, know. easily just throw the ball away. What are you doing? And I'm well, like, all right. 
just I, screaming at the TV. I had to step out for a minute so I didn't hear all of your Viking conversation. I'm kind of multi generational thing right now. It's mm-hmm. like my parents are in their 90s and now they're thinking about moving back to Minnesota. So I have to deal with trying to find them like a spot. No, I mean I got I got a I got another call. So that's strange that they would move to Arizona and then want to come <sighs> back here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that I think that when you're like, you know. Sort of like approaching the end of life. Right. You want to be closer to family. Yeah, exactly. And More family. Fun, There's only yeah. my sister down there, which, I mean, she's been taking care of them and dealing with them for a long time. And that's great. And they've they've liked all that. But, um, yeah, it's something about coming home, mm-hmm. I think, is mm-hmm. important to you at that level. But, yeah, that game was uh, very... I, it, was, it was so funny. We were watching... I don't remember what station it was. We were watching the news, and they were talking about the game <laughs> in true Minnesota fashion. It's like... Well, the Vikings, it you know, we have to be happy because it could have been a lot worse because it didn't look like they were going to score at all for oh, a while. Yeah. And I'm like, Gee, it could have been a lot worse. We it, lost. Yeah, it was, <laughs> we it, lost. It looked like we were about to get shut out and just ran completely out of the building. Yeah. It was like the whole range of emotions of we're a terrible team. And then we start to yeah. come back. We're like, okay, yeah, we just got off to a slow start. We're good. We're, well, we can make this work. And then we work. had those and calls against us that were crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the pass interference on Dalvin Cook in the end zone. Even the one on uh, Adam Thielen, I think, had one. Yeah. Davis had one. And it was yeah. like, these are all just normal football plays that are now just getting completely destroyed. Yeah, they said that that Adam Thielen pushed off the defensive player. No, he just stuck his hand out because the other guy was trying to deflect the ball. So he yeah. was just he it like, wasn't yeah, like he, he like swam like, he like swam over the top of him and tried to catch the football. And yeah. It's like that's And then the Packers were using reviews in my opinion because we all of a sudden got some momentum. Mm-hmm. So every mm-hmm. single thing they started calling a review on, which was really irritating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I saw a meme that says the penalty on the Minnesota Vikings for not being the Packers. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> right. that's what it was like. And even the commentators on Fox were like, yep. "Are you guys noticing that yep. there's a lot more penalties going on for the or getting called on the Vikings and the Packers?" Well, and then at one time there was two. There were two flags thrown, and one was against us, and one was against the Packers, and only the one against us stood. Yeah, they're like after discussion, what? we decided that we're going to pick up that flag, and it's just holding on the Vikings. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very bizarre. Almost bizarre seemed bizarre. a little. <laughs> Yeah. point i was like all of a sudden i see a ref's hat fly out on the field i'm like why yeah, is there a hat? that he, he already that. threw his one flag so he needed something else to throw oh. so he threw his hat oh yeah <laughs> it was getting to the point where it's like this is this is when i fall asleep is when there's flags thrown on every stinking play mm-hmm. yeah you know? when you're running out of flags to yeah throw, there's a problem yeah let's just play football at this point oh yeah. god yeah it, it was a well kirk cousins did not play to no. par no. he was making poor no, uh, he missed. He missed a lot of open throws, and like there was one to Diggs overthrew, that was overthrown. Overthrew feeling. the ball. I don't yeah. know how many times. Yeah, and like he almost had like six interceptions. He would have thrown. He had two were caught. But how old is he? Uh, he's got to be like early thirties, probably. Like oh, 32. so he's not like a rookie. Rookie? No. Okay. Oh no, he's oh, no. he should not be making these. He mistakes. He feels like, like a rookie. These are like. First-year high school type mistakes like that he's making. Yeah, it look the Vikings look like a completely different team than they did last week. Completely yeah. different. And like team. our running game still like we're averaging like seven yards a carry, so our running game still looks good. It's just we got to get Cousins to be able to yeah. hit an open receiver. Yeah, they got to work on the pass blocking and and giving Cousins some time because there was a lot of times too he was rushed and then he would just throw the ball. Well, he should have just carried the ball or threw the ball out of bounds. Yeah, you know you don't. I'd rather see you gain two yards than almost throw an interception. You think? And, Sorry. And you then, think? Well, it's like he, when he runs, he's probably going to fumble the football. I saw like it was a stat. He's had 44 fumbles over like the course of his career, which is more than any running back probably in the league, probably more than half the teams that have had fumbles. Why had can't than. the Vikings get a good quarterback? I don't know. We've, is that we've the had question? good quarterbacks. I mean, not we in just, a while. We... Not in a while. Probably the same reason we can't find a good kicker. That is also. But why is that so hard? <laughs> no. I don't know. Is it, is it just <laughs> me or do all the kickers? <laughs> like the majority of the kickers in the league look like they're 14. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what's yeah. going on, but I'm like, are they recruiting these they kids just, from high they school? They just look so much smaller, I think, compared well, to the other right. guys. They just, well, no, they look so young in the face. I, they literally look like they're 14, 15 years old, and I'm like, uh, did you even go to college? I mean, what's going on here? Yeah, and you would think that they'd age 
terribly because of all the stress <laughs> and like the pressure, <laughs> the pressure that they're under from the fans and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I don't know how many times we've lost a game by one field goal. Uh, More oh, than one we'd like to so in big games too. Very mm-hmm. irritating. Yeah. So oh, we got to take a break. Oh. Yep, but we we'll be back. I got some kind of breaking news that happened started last night. Economic uh, General Motors, the, all the plants, 50,000 workers just went on strike at midnight last night. Oh. So we'll talk about that Jeez. new story when we get back. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. All right, we're back again. Am I on? Okay, new new microphone, new, cord. new weird shield thing. New shield, new cord. <laughs> I feel like I have to peek over to see everybody. Well, yeah. you can up, interesting. You can upify your chair. And he got some new toys, so it's been, supposed to make us sound better. Do I sound better? Feedback. Feedback. Horribleness. Oh yeah. Sometimes some shows we have a guest who will crank his headphones so loud that I don't know how JB. his skull doesn't shatter. <laughs> yeah, I, know, right? I think JB might be deaf. Oh yeah. There's a lot of people actually. I remember one time um, Alex was telling me that she thought that she had a hearing problem because she was she thought that was why she wasn't paying attention in schools because she just couldn't <laughs> That's hear. That's gotta mm-hmm. be it. So I brought her and you know Costco has that little booth where you can just walk in and you know say. Can I hit a hearing test? This was test? like 10 years ago. It was think. a long time yeah. ago. <laughs> so the guy puts the little thing on her and is testing her hearing, and he's just grinning. And I'm like, it's not a hearing problem. I can right. tell you right now it's just a daydreaming, not listening to people mm-hmm. yep. problem because I have the same problem. Yeah, <laughs> It's in our gene pool. So he gets done with the test, and he's like, well, I have to tell you, you've got the hearing of a German shepherd dog. <laughs> <laughs> You do not have a hearing problem. No. <laughs> She's like, damn. Uh, <laughs> there goes that theory. Okay, well, <clears throat> right before the break, I mentioned that GM went on strike, and it says roughly 49,000 workers at General Motors plants in the U.S. plan to go on strike just before midnight, oh, which was midnight dear. Sunday. Uh, but talks between the United Auto Workers and the automaker will resume. About a 200 plant-level union levers voted unanimous, unanimously Words are hard today. In favor of a walkout during a meeting Sunday morning in Detroit. So, I tell you, Mm. that's going to impact hugely if they can't negotiate a a new contract. Um, My ex-husband worked for the Ford plant here in St. Paul. And I can tell you how many times they were threatening to go on strike because these union contracts with the, the, you know, Ford, Mm -hmm. uh, they would always falter. And... You know, I can't. I can't imagine living. You know, living like that. And then, the, if you have a family to provide for, and you cross that mm-hmm. picket line, you are so chastised by your former oh, or I'm your sure. fellow yeah. coworkers. Oh yeah. No, but it's like, what are you going to do? Starve? <laughs> I know, because you don't get paid when you go on strike. I oh gosh, I 
So that's what I'm, I'm confused. You pay your union dues. Why don't they put some money aside for when you do have to go I on know. a strike so right. you get at least, you know, a little bit of money to buy groceries or something? Yeah, it's not like these unions are hurting for money for the most part, especially one like auto unions. They have lots of money and lots of power, so they mm-hmm. should be able to do that. Well, one of our listeners, Emil, in, in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. he works for GM, and he said it would definitely affect him because I stay late and get most of our new cars <clears throat> ready for the lot, but the Teamsters are planning on not delivering the vehicles. Oh. oh. I so, and if, like, <laughs> let's say he, like, shows up, he's like, oh, okay, I'm not... I'm not going on strike, and he's like, oh, I'm here to do my job, and, like, no cars show up. Would he still get paid? Like, yeah, that's a good question. Like, if I'm, like, the guy that's supposed to put the steering wheel in the car, but nobody's putting the rest of it together, like, right. hey, I'm here with all these steering wheels just waiting for you guys to put well, it together. I think most, aren't most cars put together by robots? <laughs> right. Yeah. So what? So these are the people that probably are keeping the line going, or yeah. some of the jobs that robots obviously couldn't Can't do? do. Mm-hmm. I well, don't know. But so you need people to man the robots. You need people right. for quality control. Whether mm-hmm. if sure. it's a robot putting the part on, they do need somebody to supervise it sure. to make sure yeah. that there's no malfunction with the the robotic arms of putting these so parts on. Yeah. What are what are they asking for? What are they? What do the people want? I think it's it doesn't is it really pay get raise. Is it? Sure. I'm sure it's probably. It's always money. Let's see. Just says contracts. So usually with a contract, when it comes to auto workers, it's benefits, mm-hmm. pay increases, co- what they or cost of living increases. See, I always feel, and I'm probably wrong, but I always feel that if somebody's in a union job, that they've already got pretty good benefits. They do, right? When, when my when my ex worked for Ford, uh, our health insurance, mm-hmm. we didn't pay a penny for it. Wow. They covered the hundred percent premium. All yeah. we had, and for the- somebody that pays tons of money for horrid insurance that doesn't pay for anything with mm-hmm. sky high deductibles, that sounds like a really cushy, wonderful thing. <laughs> well, I know, and, and they were trying to um, before the Ford plant closed here in St. Paul. They were trying to renegotiate contracts to keep it open, to say, you know, and I'm oh, like, why, right. you know. I would, even as a, a union worker, I'd say, look, just to keep my job, I'd say I even pay a portion of my premium if I can keep my job and keep this plant going. But the union uh, reps refused to do anything. And I know Governor Palenti at the time was trying to negotiate and work with the union and Ford to try and keep that plant going. And it just, they're like, nope, nope, we're just going to close it. Some unions do have strike pay. And the yeah, GM so, union is one of them, but it's two hundred fifty dollars a week. Yeah. So they might as well just don't have strike pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know, but that'll at least cover uh, I mean, yeah, groceries. Help, right. I guess. I'm, I'm thinking that's probably what they're thinking. At least maybe it's keep groceries. The water on. And that was probably something that was newly negotiated because I know when uh, my ex worked at Ford, if they went on strike, they didn't get anything. Wow. No, they didn't at wow. that time. So you know, it changes so that as each time they do a new contract they'll add stuff like that in there so if we were to go on strike we want 250 dollars a week or we want this or that you know it's constantly changing and i okay so let me ask you a question so when the when the union is negotiating on behalf of the employees and the Mm -hmm. employees don't want their factory to be shut down and would give concessions why don't they have to why don't why don't the labor unions have to put it to a vote before they just say no we're closing down a plant unions have a lot of power but that doesn't seem like that's for the people i know at that point you know it it gotten to the point where the unions have priced the employee out of the market because Mm -hmm. um at the time my ex when he when the plant closed he was making 30 dollars an hour full benefits I mean, everything was paid for. And what was he doing? What was his job? His job at the time, I want to say was it, it a was... a high-skill job? Or a... No, it wasn't a high-skill job. It was just, I think, at the time, I think he was doing left-side box alignment on the Ranger truck. That was it. Left-side box alignment. So the portion of the pickup truck... Yeah, the bed. Yeah. Pickup bed. Just mm. It would drop down, and he would just have to make sure it's lined up. He put so... the level on. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. And, and well, the longer you're there, for that, then maybe, the longer, yeah. yeah, the longer you're there, the cushier job you get, and the more pay you get. Uh, right. So, and when you have, but see, the problem was, is that at that time, he was. This was 
prior to 9-11, Ford had a huge problem with Firestone tires. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, that, Even that's, I remember that. That's what they put on the Ranger truck. So it hit them hard, bad. I mean, sure. the plant, they had to close the plant down for like three weeks so they can re-put new tire, get new tires shipped in and get rid of the Firestone tires. And then 9-11 happened, which was a huge economic hit on uh, uh, the United States. So when you have an economic downturn, their pay is going up and they're not moving product, Mm -hmm. that's a problem. You know, so, you know, it's one of the, I understand why they have a union to represent that many employees to make sure they have, you know, you know, a fair job. And safety. And safety. Mm -hmm. You know, they have OSHA standards and all that stuff. But you need to make adjustments. And, you know, a lot of these people that worked work for these unions, they refuse to give anything up. They refuse. They're so stubborn about it. And it's like there's so many people involved here. It's not just about this little union rep. Right. You know? Well, you that's why think. I don't understand why it doesn't have to go to a vote then. I mean, if I you're don't. forcing an issue, then it should go to a vote. Usually the only time it goes to vote is when they're renegotiating a contract to have things added in mm-hmm. or taken out. And it's amazing how these unions can get people their jobs back. My ex would come home and tell me that people were stealing stereos <laughs> and, like, throwing them over the fence <laughs> oh at Ford. God. And they would get fired, but then the union got them their jobs back at full pay. Of course. Oh, well, that, now, see, that doesn't seem like a good use of the But that's union. what they do. Power that's now. what Power. these union refs do. <laughs> and, you're pay- and part of the reason why they're... I mean, the more money the union rep gets their employees, the more money they get. Yeah. So it's benefit mm-hmm. for them more than it is the employee. So that's probably why they shut the Ford plant down because it just wasn't cost effective enough. Even that they had their own power plant and they didn't have to really pay for power. I mean, they had to pay to maintain the power plant mm-hmm. there off the river, but they owned it. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to pay XL Energy sure. or anything like that. They owned it. And so you would think it would be a cost-effective way to run a plant, but they just decided to get rid of it and tore it down. Well, like anything, it just seems like once there's a lot of money and power, then it just doesn't become, it doesn't have the spirit of what it was formed for in the first place. Anytime anyone has too much power, everything goes to hell. No matter what, I know. Just well, like the NFL, no. unions. When it comes no, to you're not wrong. When it comes to unions and in large company corporations like GM, Ford, stuff like that, it's very political, mm-hmm. very political, and it's it's no different than watching a presidential debate. And those people can get pretty pretty salty at those meetings. Sure, like some. Uh, my ex told me a couple times people were ready to go to blows with each other at these union meetings. And I'm like, oh, my God, I would not want to work in an environment like that, you know, where everything is dependent on somebody's decision like that. Oh, that scares me, you know. But hopefully they can get their contracts renegotiated. And it says here it's unclear how many workers the two plants would employ. The closure, especially of the Ohio plant, has become issues in the 2020 presidential campaign. President Donald Trump has consistently criticized the company and demanded the Lordstown to be reopened. So, yep, it's definitely... And it's weird how these... Trump doesn't like Ford or GM? I I I don't think he loves unions so much. No, probably not. Anymore. Why would he like GM? Unions are pretty democratic. They're usually... I mean, when... When it was Gore versus Bush, mm-hmm. the unions were pushing all the employees at Ford to vote for Gore. They were telling you who to vote for. Well, of course. That, to me, is not well, right. That's really what You're, they're supposed to be doing. No, but that's what, it's an agenda. It's no different than, like, sure. community organizing, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. It's just, oh, God. But, yeah, hopefully these workers can get something worked out so they can get back to work because that would not be good. And it no. affects so many people, like Emil, he... Where he doesn't even work in Detroit, but it's going to affect him because he works for a GM facility in Wisconsin. And now it's going to affect him and everybody sure. else around. So hopefully they'll get it worked out and we'll figure it out from That's there. That's a lot of people going yeah. out of work. Yes. They're going is. into the holiday season, too. Right. And it's, it's amazing to 
just get all of those people like hey because it wasn't like leaked ahead of time like oh we're going to be yeah. going on strike like to just now all of a sudden just spring it where all these people are not going to show up to work and it yeah. was all well organized like yeah, you're going into the holiday season. You're going into needing to heat your house season. It's mm-hmm. just not a good time for anybody. I don't think a strike's ever, ever has a good time, but it seems like especially bad. Well, I have some advice for everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't ever watch the movie Hex. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you live, if you are the most bored you've ever been. Which Hex? Okay, this is the one that is in, based, I believe, in Cambodia. Okay. Cambodia. Cambodia. Oh, yeah. I need to look up. Like... There's like some voodoo stuff going on in it. and I do. But it's two Americans. <laughs> yeah, there was a 2015, Somehow. there was a 2017, and a 2018, all named Hex. Okay, mm-hmm. this is the weird thing. So Tom's looking around. He wants to watch this because every time Alex comes over, they like to watch a, some sort of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing it wasn't the 2015 because it was shot in, it was made by the Nigerian... People. No, I don't think so. But this was so Tom's looking around, and there was another one, which is the one that he wanted to watch, which took place in the English countryside. But we ended up with the one in Cambodia. So you wanted 2017, and you got 2018. I believe. So this is all released on Netflix or Hulu or whatever uh, it was, all at the same time. Okay. <laughs> Not confusing. And a young backpacker's holiday romance turns into a nightmare. When the the girl has blackouts, yes, yeah. that's the one. You got the 2018 one, which but, is not. But one. to add to the confusion, on I think it was Netflix. Not sure. Don't quote me. the The description of the other hex movie. Okay, it said it was the one in the English countryside, but when you bought it or looked at the trailer, it was this new one. Oh, geez. They don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know what's going on. There are two movies called Hex released with less than a year apart. That's a little weird. Well, I think that they were just released on Voodoo or Netflix or whatever. One was made in 2017 and the other was made in 2018. Yeah, but I'm just saying that sometimes they're released at a different time, but they were released basically at the same time on Netflix. Oh, okay. And then they had everything mixed up so you didn't even know what you were watching. Yeah, so... The one in Cambodia... Hard pass. Okay. <laughs> hard, well, hard pass. No bueno. No. <laughs> no, watch that one. Yeah. So if you want to watch Hex, don't watch the one where it's a woman with the word Hex yes, drawn on her that chest. One is okay. Watch horrible. the one where it's a guy with a torch. Gotta take a break. <laughs> break. Yes.